0: on the kitchen table.
1: <laughs> I want to have a meal on the kitchen table. Learn to live without. I did. Goodbye.
2: Let's rock.
1: Thanks, Dad.
0: Can I get a open?
2: Whoa! Oh. No Man Presents, live
3: from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Jerry, Justin, and Al. What's up, guys? The Married with Children Podcast is back, and this, uh... You're getting it 13 years early, this review, believe it or not. But (laughs) it's a big one. Uh, But let me introduce everybody. My name is Al. And we're just waiting for Jerry to get done having sex. Okay, he's done. Jerry, what's up, man?
1: Oh, man, I tell you what. What I can get done in one minute could disappoint anyone.
3: Exactly. So we... Oh, sorry, we just got to pull... Justin, away. He's at the. He's working the desk at the. Hop on in. Uh, here he is. Hey,
2: what's up? Hey, Justin. What's up, man? Oh, hey, how's it going? I actually do work at a hotel, so kind yeah, of makes sense.
3: Just a motel for this uh, joke.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. motel, you said? Yeah, I do work at a motel, so. <laughs> what a coincidence.
3: Yeah. <laughs> because we're talking about one in this episode. This is season three, episode ten. Married with Children, I'll See You in Court. In this infamous Lost episode, Alan Pegg learned they have been videotaped getting intimate at a sleazy motel. The same thing has also happened to Steve and Marcy. They decide to take the matter to court.
2: So, why was this episode Lost? Was it pulled because it was so close to the Terry Recolta letter? Or was it actually a case where it was just like
1: Okay, so In an official interview with Playboy magazine, Moy claimed that the producers dubbed this episode the lost episode, both because it never aired and because they felt that they lost control of the project. A typical episode of Married with Children contained two or three censored notes, denoting content that was too graphic or over the edge, whereas I'll See You in Court contained a total of 15. After arguing with the censors and conceding all but four of the notes, Fox still refused to air the episode. Moy claimed that the final total of 13 changes was unacceptable because the integrity of the show was shot to hell. So the episode did, however, premiere in other parts of the world in 1990. But on June 18, 2002, the FX network broadcast the episode for the first time on American television. The episode, however, was still not shown in its entirety as the network cut four lines less than one minute during the scene where two families decide on what to do about the videotape. So of course, we're talking about the uh, peg going quiet dear. Steve has a thought on how sex with you can finally be satisfying. So you think we can make money on this? And it goes into Marcy saying what she wants to do with a can opener. It's that whole section right there. And it ends where Steve says, or we could sue. So the episode was actually aired in Australia. In a, but it was aired a little bit later than normal for regular time New Zealand Europe and Canada unedited the above admissions mean that the show has never been broadcast in the United States in its entirety the total time between the episode was taped and when it premiered in the United States was 13 years 3 months and 12 days this is the a, a direct occurrence. like it got pulled directly because of Terry Rocolta and Fox being it was a little bit edgier than a lot of their episodes as they said they had 15 notes of it being too far but even when they dropped it down to only four left which is what they normally have fox still did not want to air it because of them being worried about terry recolta's boycott
3: huh it it does surprise me that this episode you know you obviously it would be odd to air it in the middle of season six you know steve's gone and all kind of stuff
2: well, technically, I believe based on how these episodes were filmed, which from my little research that, I, that I'd done, if you look at season one, uh, apparently the production code is when it was, you know, uh, I guess completed or like or, or began filming or be in production, um, which you can find on Wikipedia. And apparently through season one and two, they're all like in numeric like numerical order the or same as the way the episodes aired but for this season that episode's production code goes after the bald and beautiful but before the gypsy cried
3: right and it's all messed up because we even said the period piece or the camping show was moved like so at this point none of these uh production codes are going to fit the uh you know airing order really? so yeah uh, yeah, but, you know, it is, you would wonder why it took so long after Recolta ultimately had no impact but a good one. You would say, well, <clears throat> this, you know, they've done worse stuff than this also. But obviously, like I was alluding to, the reason it was not going to be released during the, you know, run, the original run of the show is because it just wouldn't make sense. Um, the show, as much as we pointed out that it really didn't, it does have some continuity and Mm. a major one is steve i mean you just can't have marcy have a new husband and three years later you know you're wondering (laughs) why she's having sex with steve in a hotel room
2: yeah so yeah it's it's very very weird man like i i look at this show and and this goes with anything like we we obviously come from a horror background And uh the video nasty is a very popular censorship case uh in the UK. Uh and I always with those and this show, I always wonder like what it is that you know these censors and and you know ratings boards are looking for specifically. Like it's there was a really good documentary called This Film Is Not Yet Rated, and it goes into how just messed up that whole system is. And you watch this episode and you're like, okay, there's there's some things in it but it doesn't seem like less than you know what we've seen before and to send this off and to see to receive notes on on 15 different sections uh fit, you know that's that's a ton that's you know in a 22 minute sitcom episode like what that's entirely the epi- that's almost the entire episode you know where you have to make a trims and you're right at, at what point does the integrity of the show or what the show was at one point become completely
3: watered down and different you look
2: at you look at like a car or something right and it's like at what point does that car become a new car when you replace so many things you know what 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 point is it just you not the car that you had from the beginning you know
4: right
2: it's it's really weird when you think about all the bs that goes into the behind the scenes stuff that we really don't get to see or get light shed on too much I no. thought it was really interesting.
3: I wonder how much money they lost in this episode. How much did you pay each actor for that? You know, couple days. How much <sighs> food? How much? You know, the lighting guys. Every everybody gets paid here. How much did you pay the writer?
2: <laughs> and you had a lot of extras too in the courtroom.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot went into this. You're- yeah, but compare that to how much money they could have potentially lost from advertisers pulling out.
2: I mean that that's a fair point. That's, you know, definitely more when you weigh in risk and reward, um, considering most of the money made is through advertisement, if not all, you
3: know. Oh, yeah. So this episode is directed by the legendary Jerry Cohen, writers Gene Barouche and Gene Romano. Not related because the last names have to. Janae? Janae? I don't know. <laughs> G-E-A-N-N-E. These are names I never see. It's so funny. Uh, Ralph Farquhar is back as the executive story editor. The extras, obviously, I don't think anybody's famous there, but Laura Zane played Miss Wigel. Uh I wonder if that was like a, a homage to Terry Wigel. Um <clears throat> She was the lawyer for the motel, the Hop On In Motel. Uh, Lillian Lehman was
1: the judge. Okay, hold up. Hold up a second. Not only was she the judge in this, over her career, she played a judge 12 times. <laughs> I counted. Because as I was looking to see what else she's done, I was like, Seinfeld, judge, Wayne's Brothers, judge. Holy shit. Just judge, judge, judge. She also played a nurse a lot. Wow. But she made a career out of looking like a judge.
2: Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. But let's talk,
3: you know, we, we're we going to talk about Al, Peg, Marcy, and Steve a lot in this episode, but... We should talk about another couple uh, to start things off. Um, How about Peg, Pundy, and Sal? See, you heard Pundy. I heard Hundy
1: with an H. I I thought it was Pundy.
2: I heard (laughs) Hundy as well.
1: (laughs) I heard Peggy Hundy.
4: Hundy. 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 We'll be back in a moment with Dr. Sandy, Channel 67's leading authority on sex and weather. (laughs) And now we're back with Dr. Sandy and Pure Mail.
5: Our first letter is from Desperate, a.k.a. Peggy Pundy. She writes, Lately, my husband, we'll call him Sal, shows no interest in sex, at least not with me. Well, my dear, perhaps a change of venue would spice up your sex life. Have you tried doing it in the living room? Yeah. <laughs> or the kitchen
1: <laughs>
5: And there's
4: always the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> Try it, Mrs. Pundy, you'll like it. I did.:
1: She is the leading expert on sex and weather <laughs> and weather.
3: Wow, I thought it was uh, Jeanette Garcia. Look her up, guys. Trust me, you will not regret it. Yeah, Peg, I guess it's like, what is it, Dear Abby? Something like that? Yeah. Some advice advice column type people. That's what this whole episode, it hangs on. Peg is totally bummed out about her sex life.
0: Have you and Steve ever uh, done it in other places?
5: You mean like planes, buses, the observation deck of the John Hancock building? (laughs)
0: marcy i am trying to put some excitement and spontaneity back into our sex life actually i'm trying to put al back into our sex life
5: (laughs) but remember peggy men are like little boys you have to make sex naughty filthy and degrading the way they like it (laughs) and the way we need it
1: once again we come back to marcy and steve have not only had sex everywhere, but we just keep constantly learning about how deep that rabbit hole goes. And you can watch it for only forty nine ninety five. Yeah,
3: no, I don't think the motel costs that much to rent, but yeah, you can even watch them. But so you know, Peg, like I said, she's looking to spice things up. So Marcy recommends that she go to this motel near the airport called the Hop On Inn. The, the thing that's odd about it, I'll just kind of jump ahead, is that, see, would you guys do that? Do you think that would change anything, like, if you were getting bored? Because Marcy says she's been there 30 or 40 times. She's paid, like, how much money? Like, $800
1: to do this? Is it really? I mean, to each your own. Like, they're really big into role-playing. And you see that on uh, on another, and we've brought it up before, and you see it on another show that uh, Ed O'Neill goes on to do with Modern Family, the couple in there, also is really big into like, going to a bar and then going to a hotel and doing this whole role-playing thing. So for them, it enhances the experience because it makes it, if you're role-playing as people who don't know each other, why would you go back to your own house where both of you live at? It doesn't really, like, it kind of... Disillusions it. <clears throat> right. So to keep that illusion going, you know, you're going to pay your your money to take them to a motel. And it's not like Steve's not done this before. I mean, he did kind of tell Al one time to take someone to a hotel for sex, even though he was going. Al was going there to watch the fight. <laughs> they, they both have gone to hotels and motels a lot. That's just It enhances their role play.
3: Yes, the come and go motel. Steve has done this before and not with Marcy. How trashy was that place? Like was that the, the
1: most gaudy kind of trashy? Yeah, here's my thing. I thought it was one hilarious that the okay, when when they first put in the sex tape and it were and it's revealed who it is, I honestly thought the joke was going to be that Steve and Marcy left the tape there themselves. And when it turns out that the hotel, the motel is recording it, and then for some reason redistributing its own guest porno tapes to its own guest just seems really weird and dangerous. And <clears throat> right. like that, doesn't, that does not make sense to me at all.
3: That's the big plot hole here. If Steve and Marcy have been here 40 times, they probably would have come across their own tape just mathematically.
1: Yeah. Now, here's the thing. What if We see that it's like this old nice grandma who runs the place. What if she has a son who is actually the one recording and she's covering up for him and he's getting the tapes and eventually he's going to kill her and start dressing up as her? Wait, no, that's psycho. <laughs> Couldn't it be an employee? There's a chance that this whole plot hole could be solved if they would have just mentioned an employee – who did the taping and maybe goes into the rooms that the it was recorded in and watches it while pleasuring himself? Yeah, I don't know. That sounds like a, a totally like that sounds like a kink someone could be into. Well, see, that probably would have got this episode banned. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah.
3: Which <laughs> it was anyway, so yeah, I guess I could have. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of room though that you bring a black light into.
1: No, you never bring a black light into that. <laughs>
3: Yeah, you just stay away from the splatter, Mark. They left, the, like you said, this VHS tape in there for customers to watch. One big revelation we find out ahead of time is they're watching this video of Stephen Marcy, and they have to tilt, tilt their heads to follow the action on the bed.
0: Whoa. I didn't know a human leg could do that.
3: <laughs> that is just further proof that Marcy actually has a, chicken leg
1: (laughs) because a human leg couldn't do that a chicken's can i gotta say there's some funny lines in this like i want a fur coat but i'll take what's behind zipper number one (laughs) like and i'll talk about how his zipper has, has been oiled up or his response to the jacuzzi now do you like jacuzzis or does do you not like it when it shoots air up your butt i don't mind that i don't like
2: jacuzzis at all really yeah not a fan Did anybody have you guys ever seen the movie Vacancy? I think so. I sounds familiar. I got like a Vacancy vibe when they're watching the tape of the you know because like that's kind of the whole premise of Vacancy is a a seedy motel is like filming people you know have sex and different things and and then kill them. Different premise, but kind of the same.
3: Do you guys have a fear of that? Like it actually has crossed my mind when I have sex in hotels or motels. What is to stop? anybody who runs it or works there from having one of those cameras behind the mirrors. Yeah.
1: That's, I mean, sure. nothing really. Well, just...
2: First of all, take it from somebody who knows about the industry. Do not have sex at a motel.
3: Okay. Why?
2: Dude, <laughs> I can show you some videos online that will make you question even taking your, any type of clothing off in a, in a motel. Really? I mean, there are some that are good, but I'll tell you right now, like the practices and standards that, that they're required to keep up are uh, not very much.
1: So we should go to hotels instead of motels. Hotels.
2: Yeah, 100%. Because hotels typically, if it's a brand, like a a wide chain brand, that's your best bet because they have to live up to certain standards and, and practices and they get inspected a lot. Motels are kind, especially the ones that are not chain, are ran typically by mom, pop. Yeah and and a lot of the industry is actually like Russians and Indians and you know uh people who are who are foreign who are um you know kind of maybe not the most you know respectable uh type of business Not practices. the most ethical. Yeah well they just do it cheaper right because <laughs> just, like that's how they beat beat us is like they just willing to do it cheaper.
4: Right.
2: Um but you know uh, motels are absolutely atrocious like if there's there's actually people who go out there and and go to motels and then do like inspections and put them on youtube and you would be shocked at the stuff that you (laughs) see on there literally your jaw would drop
1: well i know what i'm doing after this i'm going to be looking up those videos and also working on my new pickup line which is hey girl you want to coax the mummy out of the crypts Like, so I've never done the whole go to specifically go to a motel or hotel for sex. Right. Like I've never I've never done that. Like I've always it's either like there's been a house we can go to or a car or something like that. But I will say a couple of years ago when Reese and I went to a convention to meet Stan Lee, we banged at that hotel. And the thought of them recording us never popped in my mind, but we also didn't realize until it was over with that our window had, like, the blinds had been open the entire time. (laughs) Wow.
3: And I thought I was just going to be confused about, like, whose car did you use? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So. (laughs) Oh,
0: I want that. (laughs) Oh, and I want that. And I definitely want that. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no.
3: here's a big topic we have to get into now uh i, I was gonna save it for later when the court s- watched their video but uh we could it took place uh now so you know at this point of where we are in, in the show so does does peg get a sex point
1: or not okay so i am going with that, she does now. Keep in mind, Al got a sex point earlier. We didn't bring it up, but Al got a sex point earlier for denying her sex on the table. Ah! Oh wow! Good, nice catch. But she does get a sex point here because they had sex. regardless they it might be Bundy sex by law. They did not. Well, that's a judge of their own peers. We are also a judge of their own of their own peers. And Can we override the world of marrow children. Al admitted to finishing. That's true. I'm pretty sure he at least stuck it in once before he finished. And so therefore, even if it was premature, I still call it sex. Yeah, well,
2: I mean, if, let's say you were losing your virginity, right? And you just only got to put it in for a second and then girls' parents came home. I personally, it.
3: you're going to run around school the next day. And tell everybody. (laughs)
2: Yes,
3: (laughs) I had sex.
2: Yep, exactly. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, but what about uh, what? So how many sex points this episode?
3: What? No, 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 no. Let's not jump ahead because that's a big debate. Okay. How is that a big debate? Oh, I'll tell you why when we get there.
1: Okay. We have
3: a rule in place for this exact situation. I'm sure we check the
1: rule book. (laughs) I can't believe they taped us
5: and on back to school night
2: (laughs) Steve I feel so violated oh gee guys if we had known you didn't know you were being taped we never would have brought you over here and sprung this on you I feel terrible
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah laugh clowns laugh but here's a hot flash
5: for you if they taped us they taped you too
1: Peg I told you we should never have sex (laughs) <laughs> now everybody's gonna know
0: I just know my hair was a mess and I had on my old nightgown I never look good in pictures
3: so they, they had the consciousness enough to take it out of there and go home with it and show it to them Kelly who's just killing time till she's 18 walks in the door with Bud and they get a little uh, earful of something
1: Don't you realize that all of our rights have been tremendously violated? I mean, we were caught in the act of... And then the ducky said to the frog, then why is it on the menu?
3: (laughs) (laughs) And figure out something's up. Mrs. Rhodes is blushing like a schoolgirl.
4: You told them! (laughs) Everybody knows I'm a porn queen! (laughs) <laughs>
2: Kel, I believe something deeply personal is going on here, and it might be more comfortable for the adults if the children left the room. Therefore, I shall open the bidding.
1: Five dollars. I hear ten. Any further bidding?
4: Perhaps from the little lady with the deep secret.
1: <laughs> Al, can't you get rid of them? Don't you think I've tried?
5: You little gangsters! How much are we talking? Well, fifty bucks hides a lot of shame.
2: Trust her; she should know.
3: <laughs> so the kids will shut up for fifty bucks. I, I would assume split, but knowing Kelly, uh, you know, Bud's getting forty dollars; she's getting ten. I'm gonna sue
1: these vermin for everything they've got. Oh, I don't know. I've always been a fan of physical violence. Uh, how about if I go down there and break a back or two? That way, everybody's happy.
0: Quiet, dear. Steve has a thought on how sex with you can finally be satisfying.
4: So,
5: uh, we can make some money off of this? And see justice served. Right, Marcy? When you go down there, and you've broken their spines, and snapped their arms like little twigs, and they're truly, truly helpless, then I'll come in. I'll come in with just a mere old-fashioned can opener. And I'll do things to them that'll make the devil himself vomit.
1: Uh, Or we could sue.
2: You know what's absolutely funny is I'm a huge, like, MMA fan, and I instantly was thinking of, like, the, like, wrestling technique. Can opener. I didn't. I forgot that a can opener also meant like a <laughs> device that opens cans. <laughs>
1: well, it's also in this day and age, most people have like electric can openers also. The thing is, is I never use it because almost everything I buy has a pull top lid. Yeah. It's like,
2: like can openers are becoming obsolete. Well, no, if you buy a can of corn. Who Not buys like, a can of corn? I have to shuck my own corn. I never, yeah, I've never bought Maybe. a can of corn in my entire life. Just saying. Neither have I.
3: Sometimes I'll sit on the when I was younger, I used to sit on my couch watching TV, and when they advertise a can of corn, I used to rub my stomach and go, "Man, a can of corn would sound good right now." What?
2: What? Oh yeah.
1: You're kidding. <laughs> but
2: they
3: That's didn't have good. any left-handed can openers though, so I couldn't I couldn't eat it if I wanted to.
1: This is a reference I have. I'm not. Kidding. <laughs> it has to be, and I know he's gonna play some stupid clip. When I listen back to the show, Ugh. like you do with Leeds World, uh, and like, I'm going to know it, and I'm going to feel like an idiot. I'm calling it now. The can of corn costs
4: 57
1: cents. I guess you sure go for a can of corn. Otto, you can't just sit there watching TV all day. Uh-huh. So <laughs> Steve
3: says he doesn't think that a million dollars is out of the question.
0: How much do you think we can get?
1: I think a million dollars is not out of the question.
0: A million dollars? Al, we hardly do anything together anymore. Let's sue. I don't know. It'd be kind of embarrassing. A million dollars, Al. Do you know what that means to you? Five thousand (laughs) dollars.
3: And Al's totally fine with that. I mean, at this point, he's just like a broken man in life or something. I mean... Since when would he go for that? But
1: okay. But. And he just took it laying down. Like he didn't fight back or anything. He was just like, even later on, he's like, I'm going to get $5,000 out of this. You know what it reminds me of? It it sort of
3: encapsulates the intro where he just hands money out to the family as they come up to the couch.
1: Yeah, that's true. Where's our lawyer?
3: You're looking at him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's me, you idiot.
5: <laughs> I figure this is an open and shut case. A lawyer takes thirty percent—that's three hundred thousand. That leaves us only seven hundred grand to split. After taxes, we get squat. Oh, trust me, I know what I'm doing.
3: Yeah, there's some kind of like you know saying about anybody who defends himself has an idiot for a client or something like that.
1: Whoa, 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 whoa! Watch what you're watch those names you're throwing around when you're talking about Steve. Show some Ooh. respect. Well, here I want to say something real quick. You know, the evidence that they bring
3: to the courtroom. Is Stephen Marcy's video and Al and Peg's
1: video. How the hell did Al and Peg get their sex tape? Because it's a court proceeding. They could have subpoenaed it as evidence. If I'm
2: running a shady uh, motel where I'm recording people and be
1: like, what tape? Yeah, what if they say, oh, no, we didn't record them? Clear, then, well, they didn't. They didn't lie. They clearly gave up the tape. Why? Here's the thing. Here's what I think. (laughs) No, no, like, you noticed how completely sure Miss Weigel is this entire time? Like, she knows that this second, like, the owl tape is going to, to help, which makes no sense. That My whole theory here makes no sense. To like, But I feel like the lawyer knew that this tape would prove that... It surely played that way.
2: You know what I mean? Like you could see yeah. the lawyers, and she's in control the whole time. Knows exactly where the case is going. Practically no lawyer would ever be that confident. You know what I mean?
1: To think this, that like, oh yeah, this, this then, tape is clearly yeah. evidence. You know. And this and, whole the whole court things are done in this courtroom that would never happen in court. Like they've never seen an episode of Law and Order. You can't threaten someone on the stand with rape, and that happens in this episode.
2: is there a rule that you can't do that or
3: well she says you'll go to jail and you know what happens in jail
1: you'll get a lot of sex that and what she says to marcy she is badgering the witness any judge would have stopped her right then and there even if steve is not a good enough lawyer to you know stand up and eject when he's supposed to because it's not attacking him any judge would have quick and someone who's played a judge this many times on tv (laughs) should know should know this
2: you mean you mean judges aren't allowed to like daydream and stuff and relax
1: yeah well no this is well after that she's (laughs) she at this point she should be paying attention but it doesn't matter things that happen in this courtroom you have to completely throw away every episode of law and order you've ever seen which is where most of us know our legal procedures. uh i've seen tons man put me on svu it's it's on wow um i don't think i've seen any What? Dude, SVU is great. Um, But no, like just a lot of the things that happen in the courtroom make no sense. This is one of those episodes that Alex talks about where you have to really (laughs) throw away any sense of reality. I've
2: seen a few good men, though.
3: (laughs) You can't handle the truth. (laughs) The the laws of physics, Jerry, don't apply in this courtroom. Uh, Now, this is, you know, this is something that everybody I'm sure has – I think when people watch these episodes now and they know that they're going to follow it up with the companion piece of our reviews, I think they're they're looking at things more now. So I'm sure everybody noticed this one. This whole clock on the wall, it is the center of most of the jokes that transpire here. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to say most, but a good chunk, <clears throat> especially the the big grand finale. In the beginning of all this, The clock goes backwards in time. Now, you you would think that there's no way on earth we're going to mess this up. I mean, how could you possibly not keep track of whatever was shot in order or whatever when you know that you have this clock looming and keep it out of the shot if what you're doing here doesn't necessarily depend on time? That's the weird thing about Jerry Cohen, because I think that's the same person who shot the uh, poke high Uh, episode where he completely revealed that that is like the flimsiest looking football stadium
1: ever. They also totally let like during the scene where Steve is giving his entire family history, the old lady that's in the jury, like she's just sitting there tapping her watch and over like way too much. Right. Like when you tap your watch, you tap it at someone to tell them to hurry up. And she's not doing that. She's just looking at her watch tapping. Like it, like it doesn't work. Like it, Like, it belongs to Alex. Like, come on, why don't you work? (laughs) And then the other thing, Steve is talking about his family history. A few episodes ago, the season finale of season two, when Steve and Marcy are arguing, they, they talk about his dad. Who sold secrets
3: to the Russians.
1: Sold secrets to the Russians. But here he's talking about how his dad's dad was killing Nazis. Like, if your dad's dad is that patriotic... I don't see how your dad would be selling secrets to the Russians, which proves that Steve's family are not traitors to America, are upstanding and great people. Steve is amazing. That's all. That's my whole point.
3: Uh, Well, whoever did the montage for that whole rambling on of him was not amazing because as they're doing that, he's, he's mentioning his grandfather in World War II, but a picture of Washington crossing the Delaware flashes on the screen.
1: Yeah, I I assumed that was, like, to show he's going further back in his history. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's
3: what it is. Neither uh, the Bundys or the Rhodes are sworn in, and yet the judge later reminds Peg that she's under
1: oath. No, the lawyer reminds her. Oh, the lawyer, yeah. Yeah, no, it's when the lawyer threatens her with a lifetime of rape. Yeah, that's the point you were getting at, yeah. Yeah.
3: So... When Steve starts talking, the clock is uh, it's 11.30 in the afternoon, and when he's done, it's 12.25. So he went on for an hour with his opening statement, and 98% of it was probably about him.
2: Uh, isn't that, like, realistic? Uh, well, it's it's
3: about what he talked about, and I don't think it normally does. I mean, maybe the OJ case might have went on that long.
2: I, I watched a lot of Casey Anthony, and I thought... Uh...
1: Well, I thought everything I, was really long in that. Every Well, uh, yeah, about the case, but a judge would have been like, get to the point. Right. Yeah, they would have never
3: let him talk about himself.
2: Oh, you mean like, yeah, like in the you know history of the Rhodes family or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But it, only relevant stuff.
3: <laughs> right. So that's one clock joke. The second one is when Steve and Marcy play their sex tape for everybody to watch – they started at 1230 and it ends at 430.
1: And I love the fact that everyone is clapping and the girl at the typewriter hands him her number. Now, keep in mind, she was just like mad at him because she had to type up his whole history. Right. And now she hands him his number and Marcy doesn't seem to say anything or care. I don't know if she didn't Dude, see it. No,
2: I was going to bring this up. Like, this is one thing I definitely noted. Like that is look how different Steve is now. From season one, Steve. Like, th- there's no, like, <laughs> he looks at the letter, the the number, and, like, nods. You know what I mean? And puts it, and in, puts his puts it in his pocket. <laughs> Steve would never do that, especially in front of Marcy.
3: Yeah, he would go, no, 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 no. And he hand it back to her and walk away and don't even look at her. But yeah, he's totally different here. He's being alified.
2: Yeah, he's 100% been alified. Alified. We should coin that term. What, alified?
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> you guys are going to become alified through me.
1: Yeah. Uh I will always stay with the proper inner Steve. Yeah, we'll we'll hear
3: we'll see if that holds true in season eight. Whoa. I'll totally forget about him. Never. <laughs> uh, would you show these people videos of you having sex with your chicks for a million bucks? Yes. Yes.
1: Okay. Dude, I would
2: do it for a hundred bucks.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I already have about six uploaded to you porn, so.
1: You know what you know what actually?
2: Complete strangers who I'm never going to see again and don't know anything about me. Right. Right. You know,
1: I I also want to state, we didn't really say it, but Peggy got really turned on by watching Steve and Marcy have sex. Like, really turned on. You know, Al
3: didn't have his typical reaction. I mean, he reacts more to looking at his mother-in-law, but you would think Marcy would be a major turnoff, too. He didn't get to see much of Al like you know putting up vampire crosses I think that it's
2: one of those things where it's like because marcy is so you know embarrassed that it's like it the it overrides the hideousness of the situation
1: okay i just don't think that al actually thinks she's disgusting he just likes to make fun of her
2: yeah yeah i i i, I think that it's more so that I do feel
3: like sometimes he says something like uh, losing his appetite or something. I, I don't know, but we'll get there, I suppose. But I feel like he doesn't like her that way. So they show Alan Pegg's sex tape, and I set my timer on my phone. I try to get an exact number. From when I think that the after the play button, when I felt it started rolling, uh, it was exactly three seconds until <laughs> he goes, <laughs> and we're done.
5: And Mrs. Rhodes... Had you ever been to the hop-on-in before the evening in question? Yes, once or twice. We can't hear you. (laughs) I said once or twice. Need I subpoena the desk clerk Guido? 30 or 40 times. (laughs) 30 or 40 times. Well, I suppose that's normal.
3: (laughs) (sighs) Like, this lady is brutal. And so we'll get into her after this, just for some payback for Marcy.
5: Mrs. Rhodes, are you wearing underwear? Two pairs. And are they both crotchless? <laughs> yes. Damn
4: you.
2: That was, a, that was one of the lines where I was like,
1: oh, <laughs> crotchless panties is kind of... A, I uh, was just like, why are you wearing two pairs of crotchless panties? That doesn't, like... What's the point? If you're going to wear something like that to court... Wearing two doesn't make it better. Like, she was trying to... Yes, I'm wearing underwear. I'm wearing two pairs, actually, which also is just weird. But then for them to both be crotches? Like, are you planning on, like, having sex as soon as you
2: leave the courthouse? And why would you wear two pair, period? Not only in that situation, but in what situation in the history (laughs) of the world would there be for wearing two pairs of underwear?
1: Uh, and crotchless ones at that, that, that literally defeats the purpose. If you're wearing two sets, you obviously are worried about some kind of like leakage problem. Right. So like, and, and yeah. if you're wearing crotchless ones, it wouldn't help with that the leakage. really defeats the purpose.
3: Yeah. yeah. My, I'll never forget the time I came home, I came upstairs. It was like later at night, my wife's laying on, on the bed with crotchless panties. And she says, do you want some of this? I said, why would I want that? Look what it did to your panties.
2: And your first response was that? That was pretty good. If you came up with that on the spot, I'd give you mad props. I'd be like, "Ooh, yeah." Burn, if you didn't take Tiffany. that from anywhere, damn. <laughs> damn that's, yeah, that's I, I mean, quality. I would, I would, I would say "sick burn." Like if I was, if I was her, I'd be like "sick burn." All right, <laughs> <laughs> Jerry. How many pairs of crotchless panties do you own?
1: Uh, none. If you're going to have them be crotchless. You should not wear panties. You should instead wear that, like, garter belt thing. Well, you know the whole goal's in the front, right? Does it?
5: (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I ask you, does this woman, the same woman you witnessed on that tape, look like a woman who's been wronged by anyone but her husband? I object. Sure, when she picks on you. Where were you during the
4: underwear examination?
5: (laughs) Mrs. Rose, you were not one bit deceived. You knew that camera was there all along. What kind of a woman do you think I am? Let's just see, shall we? Look familiar? <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Rhodes. Get out of my sight. You make me sick.
1: The way she treats her, and she's like, "You make me sick." You can't say that to someone on the stand. That's not how lawyers look bad in a at- Can you say it then? Well, I'm talking about realistically in real life. Yeah, like, I wouldn't attack the witness. <laughs> I don't think you
2: can ask them if they're wearing panties either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right.
1: So why is why that I'm like not? protocol? Like normal? <laughs> but like is all you're that... doing is de- defaming the 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 witness. Like they, like yes, they do try to point out reasons why the witness is not reliable or not a good person or something like that. But the biggest like if I would have been Steve, I would have been like regardless of the type of people we are, we were filmed without our consent. Yeah, Pay us our money. It shouldn't matter I if I'm the first person in the world. Yeah, I would yeah. have represented myself here too, Because, but if I would have been Steve, I would have just been like, we were filmed without our consent and the videos were not, not only were we filmed without our consent, but the videos are being left around for other people to see us. In a private setting we were filmed, by the way, yeah, not in the public. Yeah, we are doing something we're allowed to do as consenting adults. Which is, by the way,
2: what and, the, what's going on in this? Like, it should go without saying that that is extremely
1: illegal. <laughs> yeah, not only is it extremely illegal, but you could actually, I would have argued for more than a million dollars because I would have argued the point that they are making money on our videos in the room to drive people to come. so how long have they been doing this because if they've been doing this for a long time we should be getting all the profit from that as damages to us
2: (laughs) and the profit i'll take a million dollars and the profit (laughs) i want a billion dollars
1: i want points in my movies
2: realistically if this was a real situation it would be a hell of a case like you would get open it shut done the the main point of this argument is we were filmed without our consent
3: Boom. here's the whole, here's what I'm gonna bring up what, another thing I hate about this lawyer, my whatever Marcy knew that she was being taped all along, I did not, or whatever, and it's like okay, are, are, is Marcy even, like roundaboutly telling the audience that she really did know, and you want proof and you bring out handcuffs that's your proof? Is that her saying that's what kind of person she is? So that means she knew she was being taped? Because
1: how else could handcuffs prove that? Hold up. Here's something else. You actually just proved that they've been filming for a long time because that was back to school night. They would not have been using handcuffs on back-to-school night, but we know from previous episodes they dress up as many different things, uh, Bo Peep and her sheep and stuff. So at one point, they obviously played like a police officer and, and a... Well, didn't they get arrested for being a sailor and a hooker? Yes, exactly. So they've done multiple outfits. It's not hard to believe that they would have done a police officer and a hooker also switching up from the sailor thing. And this proves that the... Lawyers' client has more videos because she obviously knew that they had been there multiple times. Right. Because she had seen the videos. That she's being a horrible, horrible lawyer because she just proved that they have more evidence that they are withholding from this case.
3: Right. They proved the case that doesn't hold water.
1: Yes. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You're saying she knew, but if she knew, and even how if would you she knew? how does that, her handcuffs? How does that make it okay? Yeah, how does that make it okay for Steve? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, Steve didn't know, and also Peg and Al didn't know. And even if Steve and Morrissey didn't know they were recording, they obviously didn't know that the tapes were being distributed.
2: Right. Because they were surprised when the tapes were but visible whole- by freaking uh... Al and Peg. And wouldn't they say, hey,
3: I know you're recording me, so can you give me my tape?
1: Yeah, and also here's the other thing. If she- if the argument is the lawyer's argument is that she knew she was being taped, then how is showing her handcuffs to prove that she's been there multiple times, help your case. That makes it worse. At that point, I'm going to be like, why are you showing her something? If she knew she was being recorded to prove that she had already been there multiple times. That doesn't The only argument that the defense could ever make is that
2: those aren't our tapes. That's literally it. Once you admit that they're your tapes, that you recorded them then it's just done it's over you just lost (laughs) yeah the lawyer at no
1: point is arguing that they're not their tapes
2: yeah which is messed up because it's like well then if you're not if you're gonna admit that these are your tapes what the hell are you doing taping people in a motel room
1: instead of going (laughs) the angle of trying to prove that marcy knew she was being taped why didn't you prove the angle of oh no they must have filmed that and then left their tape there yeah and then when they knew when they left the tape there, it out of embarrassment, when they realized, oh, we left the tape, we obviously they obviously left the camera there, and that's how uh, and Pegg got recorded. That's how they got the video for that.
3: Okay, okay, you know what it's time for? Conspiracy theories. No, it's time to put this this lawyer in full blast. All right, guys. Well, this lawyer, Miss Wagal, is so quick to tell everybody how they know they're being recorded, what kind of panties they're wearing, if they're lying about having sex because she doesn't view it as sex. Well, <clears throat> that lawyer, her real name is Laura Zane. And uh, if you'd like to see a video of her naked, just uh, look up Live Nude Girls 1995 and we could see what Miss Wegel looks like naked. I I looked at it. Yeah, Yeah, she's not hot.
1: So that's even better. I mean, I wouldn't turn her down, but I also wouldn't hire her as a lawyer. So she's still like she lost a tiny this motel. Ten thousand dollars. That can't be a small amount for this motel. Yeah. How many rooms had to be rented out for to recoup that money? Like, there's a huge illegal precedent here. Like, they have an illegal business that's basically just got busted. <laughs> and the judge is like, eh, whatever. And who's going to go there again after hearing this? Oh, my God. And it's all Steve's fault. Because if Steve wouldn't have spent an hour talking about his family history, everyone would have probably been more on his side. And he probably would have got more money. But out of spite, they were like, yeah, he's right. But, yeah, $10,000. That's it. Out of the million he was asking. But so, keep in mind, even if we would have got half of a million, that still would have been $500,000. $10,000 in
2: 1989 equals to $20,368.54 in 2017 of October.
3: $20,000 and 300 What would you do with that? Man. I'd buy a motel and start a CD
1: underground porno business.
3: <laughs> well, it's, it's Al's turn to make some money. They have to review the tape that they already saw because I think half the courtroom blinked.
5: I'd now like to call to the stand Mr. Al Bundy. You did put on clean
0: underwear today, didn't you, Al?
5: Mr. Bundy, on what grounds are you suing?
2: Um, Well, my wife's sick of poverty, and uh, she she told me she'd give me $5,000. That's
4: it? Um,
1: Then there's that outrage thing.
5: Mr. Bundy, let's let's once again view that arousing performance. You claim that my client is capitalizing on...
3: I love how Al's sitting there... (laughs) And then they start playing his tape, and he sits there and voluntarily starts giving everyone a
1: play-by-play. I'm feeling relaxed here.
4: uh, I'm breathing good.
1: There's the foreplay.
2: And uh, once again, I finish first.
1: I'll also say I was actually a little disappointed by Al being on the stand. I thought this was going to be way more back and forth. And it just, it wasn't. They, like, I I really expected some really funny stuff here from Al, but. Well, I think just his big line, as usual,
3: I finished first or something. I think that was it. This was clearly a Steve and Marcy episode. That's what it seemed like. But it seemed like it was really going to be a Peg and Al episode. It just turned into a. You know, since when do we focus on Steve that much if it's not a Steve-centric episode? I don't know. They just sort of stole the spotlight of this episode in a weird way. And Al and Peg, like, get it back. It's really weird. It's almost like a tug-of-war episode, actually. And you're right. Al, one of the the places they lose that tug-of-war is The Stands. Al loses it. Marcy had a big moment. Peg had a big moment, though. So, I don't know. It's
1: weird. I mean, they act like Al jizzed in his pants. Like, they act like he didn't even put it in. And, I mean, you said you timed it and it was, like, three seconds. And, yeah, that does seem like he would do that. But here's the thing. Al is not that attracted to his wife that he would do that. Like, that just makes no sense to me. Like, I understand it's for the sake of the joke. But it just doesn't. The whole no sex thing, I'm just like, no.
5: I'd now like to call Mrs. Bundy. bundy did you have sex with your husband at the hop on in yes mrs bundy may i remind you that the penalty for perjury is seven years in prison where i assure you you will have sex
0: (laughs) all right well it may not be sex to you but it is to me and just because you all have husbands that can last long enough to time an egg
4: doesn't mean that what al
0: does doesn't count you may step down. Is a crumb not a banquet for a starving person? You may step down. Is a fig leaf not clothing for the naked? Please step down. You can't do this to Al. Remove this woman. He'll lose what little confidence he already has. You were great, baby. Please, oh, please don't listen to her. Don't give up.
4: <laughs> Man. Oh, God!
0: Has the jury reached a verdict?
3: Uh, Yes, we have, uh, Your Honor. Uh, We, the jury, award punitive damages of $10,000 to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Rhodes on the grounds that their privacy was indeed invaded. Not bad, huh, babe?
4: Curdle and die.
3: And uh, as for the Bundys, no sex, no money.
0: (laughs) Thank you, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. This court is now adjourned.
3: They rule and Marcy and Steve get ten thousand dollars, like you said. Alan Peg get nothing, no sex, no money. And we get to the final clock gag, which I just want to point out really quick before we even say what it is. Whoever is running this joke here is obsessed with uh the half hour mark. <laughs> <laughs> like, like every it starts at eleven thirty. It ends at 1225, starts at 1230, ends at 430, starts at 530, ends at 930. Like, dude, do you think we're that stupid that we couldn't, like the same thing here, like we couldn't do the math if you had stopped it at a a quarter? It's just weird how they keep stopping it at every half hour. So, but that joke is that, you know, Peg was afraid that I would lose all confidence, Uh, but It turns out Al is a different kind of guy. People are like dogs in the world. And there there are two types of people that are like dogs. One, you could beat it. You could kick it. And it'll just roll over and die. And then the other dog, it'll grab your arm and bite you back and rip your arm off. And that's what Al is. And he took Peg under the judge stand and gave her four hours of as... Steve and Marcy describe earth shattering sex.
1: One is not believable. There's no way they were in there for four hours. I believe Al could go four hours, anything, because it's a test to his manhood. And anytime, you know, if Al wants something done, he'll get it done. It might not work out the way he wants it to. You know, look at him moving the, the street light, but he'll get it done. Right. So I, it's just, I don't believe that one, that if that was the end of the day for the courtroom, And there was no other precedence to happen, there's still they still have to lock up the courtroom. Courtroom isn't open twenty-four hours a day for just anyone who wants to come in there and (laughs) have sex. So when you're when
2: you're writing comedy,
1: um that joke
2: is obviously a joke. It's a time joke. Like we've seen these type of jokes before. So at what point is too much and in what point is it too short to not get that comedic impact?
3: Well, here's what I think. I have a total theory. Okay. Al just wanted to match Steve. Steve's sex tape lasted four hours, and so did Al's sex romp under the stand.
1: That makes
2: sense.
3: They were exact. So Al, Al wanted to show that Steve is no better than him, that he anything Steve could do, Al could do just as good.
1: I don't know. I, I, I see this as more of him trying to do something... Extremely loving and nice towards his wife, which he's done every once in a while. He will he will step up to the bat and do something amazing for Peggy. And I see, yeah, and along the as, way, just prove that he's as good as Steve,
3: dude. Yeah, I think you're missing the point. You you actually named the point earlier. You even said it. I just don't see like it's manhood.
1: It is manhood, but how doesn't see Steve as a man? Yeah, he's but multiple times that Al, that Steve is not a man. We just did an episode where he made fun of Steve for not being a man. Right. So
3: he's not going to let Steve outdo him. So if Steve could do four hours, he I'll do have four sex hours.
1: With his wife. But here's the thing: if that's the he case, he doesn't want to, but to prove that he can. Okay, then why why does why when earlier throughout the series we have mentions all the time of Steve and because it's Marcy having sex multiple, multiple, multiple times. Because he saw it. Seeing is believing. We saw it when Steve when Steve was doing that thing where he had to lie constantly to have sex with it, so and have sex with his wife so he could keep getting away with lying. We saw it there. And Al didn't go, well, I can do that too. I just I see what you're saying, and your theory holds ground completely. I just would rather look at this moment as Al doing something completely loving for his wife, and yeah, not but as does a it have to moment. be
2: either or, or could it be both?
1: It can be both. Like I said, your theory holds ground. I just want—I just don't want to look at it that way myself. Okay. All
3: right. Okay. Here's the big. This is our courtroom now. <laughs> <laughs> Does Al deserve the sex point for this one? Uh, This deserves to be taken to court because this is not a normal occasion. This clearly... Has happened before on the show? No, no, no. Not like this. How? You don't think Al deserves the point here? This is a four-hour performance doesn't matter.
2: We made a rule. We cannot. Listen, I agree with Jerry because at the end of the day, unless Jerry, your theory is right. Unless he did this purely or I mean, even, if you know, with your theory, it still holds true. So if he did this for Peg, it's still it's, you
1: know, Peg for Peg. You know what I mean?
3: So Peg is Peg would get the point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Peg Peg would get the point. And keep in mind, I are the same thing you're arguing, Alex. I argued before, and you're the one who turned me. I know, but this is different. It's not different. It's the same thing. This is a loophole. It is not a loophole. Because explain the
2: actual me, loophole. Yeah. dude,
3: I just want to say a bunch of like court terms. That's all.
2: Uh, <laughs> I don't know if loophole is is exactly considered. He got time. off on a technicality. Damn it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, let's just keep on going with let's the court. Burn puns. his
2: house down.
3: This is different. This is al's conquest you could You could argue that similar things have taken place, and they will again. I think this is the one time that Al deserves this point. so I would like to, if I may put an asterisk now
1: that's
2: ridiculous no okay. you, here's the thing right? We have to define exactly why the sex points exist so Okay. Al typically does not want to have sex with Peg. Peg typically wants to have sex. So she wins. That
3: means he loses. Right.
2: If Al does this, does Al want to have sex right here? I think it should be if Al wants to have
1: sex, then maybe he should get this sex point. But no, but here's the thing. We. We went through that, Alex said no, so we made the rules, but, and now we when did can't we go, go back. Through
2: it? No, 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 because he doesn't want to have sex when he's doing it to get something, right?
3: Yeah, he just wants to get that thing, right?
2: So he can get that thing. It's If he actually is, like, horny and wants to have sex, oh, I'm horny, what are you going to do for me?
3: What are you going to do about it? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> then, that, <laughs> if, then. Hey, here's
1: the problem. If we do that this, is not we this open thing. Up?
2: That is not this. That does not happen here. He's if not we,
1: doing it for himself here. If we open up this, if we open up this wound, then every sex point before, because if that's the case, I'm going back to my argument. Do you know no, any of that
2: would refute this, this little rule that we're putting, that we are
1: potentially no. putting in? I, well, one, I'm, I, I, if I'm keeping the sex points, I'm not taking that rule. Someone else is going to take up the sex points because that, <laughs> that is, that is just the dumb, that is worse than Steve and his hat. But here, here's the thing. He wants to have sex if he's trying to get sex so he yeah, can but, get what but, he wants. He wants to
2: have sex for the purpose of having sex,
1: not for the purpose of getting something else.
3: <laughs> okay. This is going on longer than Steve's uh, opening <laughs>
1: argument. I care way too much about sex points. <laughs> I care <laughs> about sex
2: points
3: too, bud. Yeah, hey, listen, that's the integrity of our episode. I'm over yeah. here like, like.
1: Like we're about to go. Like I'm about to bring up. Do our listeners expect anything
2: less than us of uh, in a court episode than to bring on a sex point case in here? Come on,
1: that's true.
3: Yeah, I mean, listen, we're we're in court. We have to talk. Oh, by the way, I forgot to say, we got two sets this episode. We got the courtroom
1: and the motel. Wow, and that that even raises how much more this episode cost. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's that's insane. Do they have a thing that says what the budget of each episode is? No. Or or like on IMDb, does it say the budget by any chance? Doesn't. Dude, why do you think everyone's listening to our show? Source of
2: information. I, want, I would love to even know like a general like. I know. if Write that down, Alex. If we ever talk to or when we talk to Amanda Beers or anybody right. else in the department again, maybe just like a general idea of what a typical episode, episode would cost, cost to yeah. produce. That would shed major light on a lot of a lot of everything with with TV shows in this era in general. It's that's a very sort of unknown thing. Hey, come with me.
0: Where are we going? Come here, man. Over here. What else?
2: Hurry up! Come on. No. Get down in there. Yeah. <laughs> like
4: this. Yeah, like that.
1: (laughs) Was that sex or was that sex?
4: That was
0: sex, Al. And you know, if we had been on tape... We would have made a million bucks.
4: <laughs>
3: well, the big punchline at the very end of the episode is that they were videotaped
1: once again. But this time they cannot sue because <laughs> yeah. the camera is very much out in the open. And it is, that is not a place where you would think you wouldn't get it. Yeah, yeah you,
3: you can't beat City Hall. All right, guys, we'll be right back for our ratings of this episode.
0: No Ma'am will be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Just type in www.facebook.com groups slash Married with Children podcast. Be sure to subscribe to them on iTunes and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children podcast. You can email them at MarriedWChildrenPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now the guys are going to give their final thoughts and ratings of this week's episode.
3: So that was Season 3, Episode 10. I'll see you in court. Time for our ratings. So how many seconds are you lasting with your chick for I'll see you in court out of five, Jerry?
1: What? Oh going with me first. Wow. <laughs> oh,
3: did I do that? Sorry. Justin.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this would only be the second time.
3: <laughs> okay, okay, I'll, I'll I'll make this one exception fine. We'll hear from Jerry.
1: Wow, okay. Uh <laughs> four out of 5. This episode to me was was actually really funny. And even though I have some issues once we get into the courtroom, it's still so funny that I will pretty much write off almost all of those problems and the reason it actually lost a, a pretty much a almost it well, it's a half a point because there are a lot of issues with it but the other half point is directly on al because i actually think al kind of let me down this episode when he was on the stand and it might just be because i was expe- i it's it's my own fault i'm ex- i was expecting something hilarious from him and it just fell flat um, so I, I, I took a half a point off. So it went to, it was almost a five out of five. It was almost a perfect episode for me, but those two things were bad. These are some of my favorite episodes. When you have a Bundy and Rhodes team up, those to me are some of the best episodes because the relationship differences between the Bunnies and the Rhodes and talking about those comparisons and how they're treated and how people treat them to me is some of the most interesting stuff on the show. Not only that, the topic is just interesting what's like even for the fans out there think about how different Alex and his wife's sex life would be if you had to compare it to mine and my fiance's sex life like what if this happened to me and Alex (laughs) like just the difference in people is interesting and one of the topics you never get to really dig into is people's sexual life because it for the most part happens behind curtains or in motels where there are no cameras (laughs) <laughs> so to me, it was funny. And then on top of everything, the episode still found a a, a a way to screw the Bundys. And even though I really disagree with it, they found a way to do it. And it was funny. Yeah, I, re- I really like this episode is a top five contender for me. Four out of five.
3: Top five ever or just season three? Top
1: five season three. But I also would probably say it's in the lower end of my top five of all time. Nice. Uh, Okay, so how many minutes are you
3: lasting in a shady motel? Oh,
1: I got seconds. He gets minutes. If you get hours, (laughs) I'm going to be pissed. Oh, sorry. (laughs) How many
3: seconds are you lasting in a shady motel being videotaped (laughs) (laughs) out of five, Justin?
2: Yeah, you know, I really like this episode, and and for not being into, like, Law & Order, I probably would like it because I've always liked courtroom dramas and, you know, courtroom sitcoms. Like, one of my favorite episodes of anything ever is uh, The Screw and the Tuna from Kenan and Kel, uh, which ha- has them suing a tuna company for Ke- uh, Kenan choking on a screw. And uh, I thought that this episode was really funny. And uh, yeah, Jerry, like, pointed out a ton of stuff wrong with it. And then we all kind of just jumped on board and picked it apart and stuff. Um, which is fun to do, and it's funny, but it, at the same time, like, I noticed these things while watching it, but I just didn't really care that much. I guess you know what I mean. It, but not saying that we shouldn't have critiqued it and things like that. I, I thought it was a pretty fun episode. Uh, I thought that you know, I like when it's you know crosses the line a little bit, like with the you know crotches, panties, and stuff like that. I thought that was pretty crazy actually. Um, and you know. S- the historic value of this episode made me maybe go into it with like a, a little bit of glee, like that it was going to be really cool. Um, so uh, that could be a little, little bit of a bias there. Uh, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I thought that um, Marcy's little tirade with the can opener thing was good. And then of course the uh, whole, you know, storyline in this episode is pretty cool too. Uh, it's, it's, you know, a little raunchy and stuff. So I like that. Uh, so I'm going with, Four seconds out of five in a seedy motel room.
3: Ah, one more than Al.
2: <laughs>
3: nice. I'll see you in court. Um, this was always an odd episode to me because of the whole thing. I always knew it was a lost episode. So it always seemed different. To me, (laughs) you know, it's funny, it's in the universe, it's at that time of the peak of the show and everything, but it always feels so weird.
1: Is it because it has no nostalgia
3: value to you? Yeah, but I'm not saying that that means I don't like it. It's just weird, yeah, because it's a shame, and I would love to know what I would have thought growing up. I wonder if I would have even at the time, like we didn't really get into all that much of we all thought this should have been or if it not should have been we would have never said it should have but uh, do we feel that we could understand why someone else would do it um, I know Michael Moy said that if you watch it now you'll be like what was all the fuss about um, <clears throat> I don't know if I feel that way you know talking about crotchless panties sex 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 videotaping sex watching sex videos uh, in front of you know what is there 12 people in a sex under the table at the end yeah it seems like a lot but it sort of seems like everything we've already seen crammed into one episode it's like it's nothing we haven't seen on the bundies sort of but it is it's still a fresh new episode that's different but it also seems like derivative of what the humor they've already been going for so i don't see why this would have gotten pulled I guess because I guess it just kept hitting you over the head it one after another after another. Maybe it was just too much, especially if the recolta. The whole premise is really great. It's really unique. I think everybody did a pretty good performance. <clears throat> um, I unfortunately didn't think the Steve rambling on thing was very funny. I, I think that probably could have been chopped out of here. Um, the people on the stand, yeah, Al underperformed, sure. He had that one line, but does it save a non-performance? Nah, not really. Uh, So I say overall, I still really like it. So really like it is a 4 out of 5. So that's just a standard season 3 thing. This is a great season. And even if they're not like crazy, you know, this is a milestone. We always say uh, we're not going to give it a certain thing because it's not like some standout episode, but it is.
1: Well, is it a is it a milestone episode just because it wasn't aired? That's the only
3: reason, sure. But you could also say it was the most raunchy up to this point.
1: Uh, you know, I don't. I still feel like the, the the. I don't know. I think "Her Cups Runneth Over" was a little bit more raunchier to me because it added other. It added more risque sexuality to the show. Like, them talking about them having sex before is, like you said, is nothing new. We've even talked about videotaping sex with Luke. It's, and it's not the first time they've went to a hotel for sex. It's not the first time Steve and Marcy have talked about dressing up and having sex. We've literally had Bud have the reference that Bud saw them dress up as uh, Little Mary Bo Peep, yeah, whatever them- it was. Yeah, watch them have sex in costume. So, like to me i think the only reason this episode was pulled was because of the terror cult thing even with all the, the the notes it had on it at 15 being a lot i still don't think if it wasn't for the terror cult thing i don't think it would have got taken away
3: right it, like i said it's it's a, everything we've seen crammed into one episode with a fresh take
1: yes so that's that <clears throat> what are we watching next week Al?
3: Well, next week, we're going to watch Season 3, Episode 11, Eatin' Out.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry, uh, sir, we don't talk like that on this show, (laughs) okay? Jeez. Uh, The
3: Bundys go out to a fancy restaurant to spend a great windfall, an inheritance check, for an amount of money, thanks for killing the joke, from a late uncle of Peggy's. But it becomes apparent that the fine dining... Oh my god, I gotta click full summary?
1: How is it hard to say Peggy and Al landing some money from a dead relative and they get into shenanigans? I'm a professional.
3: Yeah, Fine dining in a public in public is not part of dysfunctional What the hell is this? Listen listen to this. But it becomes apparent that the fine dining in public is not part Of the dysfunctional Bundy lifestyle, which which makes matters worse when Al forgets to cash in your...
1: (laughs) You know, okay. One, we forgot to bring up the fact that uh, Peggy should go to jail for Xeroxing money. That's highly illegal. Oh, yeah. Two, why can't people write a summary that's two or three lines? That's (laughs) all you need. You're not giving a plot synopsis here. You're giving a summary. You literally just have to say, when... Al and Peggy get a small chunk of money for inheritance. The family decides to go out to a the fancy din- dinner. Right. That's it. That's all you have to say. It's not hard. Why are you people trying so hard? Al would not try this hard. It's very unbundy like of you guys. You need to get Alify.
3: I got to start reading my DVD descriptions again because this is becoming unbearable. I got lazy. I've been reading this thing again for like 15 episodes in a row. I think I'm done. Alright, so, uh, yep. Guys, we'll see you next week when we're all eating out.
1: <laughs> oh, God. God. <laughs>